The Echo Chamber, brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Echo Chamber podcast, where we're very lucky that we have back on the show Alan van der Molen from We Communications. Alan, welcome. Arun, how you doing? Nice to be back. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. So we're talking on a Friday. I'm in the UK. You're in Chicago? No, I'm in the UK. Oh, you're in the UK. Okay, right. Well, the interesting news this week that I wanted to talk to you about is, um, you know, we've been talking for some time about this kind of notional idea that companies will have to make some sort of decisions about their values and their purpose uh, in the Trump era. And now we're actually seeing it happen. I mean, it it seems like companies have a Trump strategy now. Um, how do you view what's going on? Well, a, a few different ways. First of all, I'm not sure that companies have a strategy for what I think is unprecedented behavior coming out of um, Washington. Um, I, I think that you see two things. You see one companies responding very quickly and swiftly to um, policies coming out or executive orders coming out like the travel ban and leaning in, leaning into their core, core corporate values um, to um, oppose it. And I think you see other companies um, hiding and praying they don't get shot at. Um, the interesting thing for me is that uh, coming in, as this administration came in, the expectation was that that uh, we'd see a lot of shots coming from America outwards, from the America First um, uh, statement, and that that the Americans or this administration would shoot at foreign industries and specifically foreign companies. But it's interesting to me that most of the uh, shots that are being fired in the first three weeks are actually at American companies. Mm. So uh, I'm not sure anybody was really ready for this. No, I mean, we, you, can, you can talk about it all you like, but I don't think I've ever seen anything like this in terms of companies, you know, effectively taking a stand uh, on matters of, of policy and, and in some cases of politics. I mean, have you seen situations like this where so many companies have come out, um, in, in, in most cases, I think, well, in pretty much all cases, opposing uh, the travel ban? But the, only, the only thing that I've seen that I could even come close to comparing it to was um, pulling assets out of South Africa during apartheid. Mm. Wow. So we're in um, that territory now. <laughs> I mean, look, that's, that's the only thing that I've seen this close, mm. right? Um, but I, I will say that what's interesting to me now is is that I believe consumers and investors and enterprise customers, however you want to define the corporate stakeholder, I think corporate stakeholders now are looking to business to provide some predictability and, and stability um, and indeed some action as governments become slightly unpredictable. And that's, you know, in my country, in the United Kingdom and could be uh, on continental Europe with um, the elections that are coming up across a number of countries. Mm. And is, is business ready to take on this role, do you think? Well, look, I think business has been slowly taking on a role um, 
around the notions of sustainability and sustainable development. And I think it started with the environment. You saw it expand into public health and education. I think that, you know, we've seen a period over a period of time, we've seen um, governments um, not being able to address social issues on their own or refusing to. Uh, you've seen NGOs trying to address these issues, but not really having the um, the full capability or the breadth of operations to do so. And you've seen businesses jump onto a sustainability agenda to make sure they have future markets. So I think business has slowly been doing that. Uh, I, I believe, however, that, that there's going to be more um, demand on business to step up and act responsibly, as well as I think more businesses will stand up and act responsibility on a number of social issues that are pressing for the globe or, or pressing for a particular geography, as we've seen in the travel ban. Mm. And, and we've talked a lot before, not you and I, but on this podcast, we've talked about how companies respond to the Trump tweet. Um, you know, and, and, and as, as recently as two or three weeks ago, it seemed somewhat expedient for them to, uh, to keep their head down, try and avoid this situation. Maybe, um, maybe as in the case of GM, for example, respond to it by uh, by creating some some news in line with the with the kind of the gut the agenda uh, that the government wants to see. Um, but it seems like we're reaching a point where these Trump tweets are perhaps less of an issue for companies, or at least they're less afraid of them. Well, look, as with anything, time starts to lend perspective and the experience of others um, lends some perspective. So, you know, I wrote this week about Under Armour and Kevin Plank and his comments um, about the president and uh, the firestorm that created for him, um, most notably with Steph Curry's um, disagreeing. Yeah, um, so, <laughs> So I, I believe that you're seeing companies now understand how to play this game mm. and understanding that um, if they lean into their values and if they have strong values and commitment on social issues, it becomes much easier for them to take a higher road stand on whatever the issue is. Mm. What is the lesson for Under Armour CEO Kevin Plank? I mean, you, you did write... An article about it this week, and as you pointed out, Kevin Plank described President Trump as you know a, 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 sub, a substantial or, or a major asset for the United States, um, but his company's biggest asset had a different point of view. I mean, look, I, I think that uh, no CEO necessarily wants to be commenting on the president on a personal matter. Um, but I do think that CEOs need to stick to policy. And I think when sticking to policy, that's much easier ground. Um, and that's mm -hmm. where they frankly should be. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you see that again with the travel ban. You see all the technology companies coming together, notably, and to my mind, the technology companies coming together um, on the travel ban. Um, so I think it's much easier to react to and respond to policy and to stay away from personality. And I mean, that's just that's just PR 101 or government relations 101. Mm. Stick to policy, stick to the core values of the company and the core values of the brand. Make sure you take care of the, the stakeholders that are closest into you, namely your consumers, your employees and your investors and go from there. Mm.
But in a way, we've, I don't think we've seen this kind of a situation where people are so polarized um, around, around the president. You know, and we're seeing it in a number of different ways. We see, for example, uh, members of the New England Patriots are refusing to go to the White House. We see prominent athletes speaking out. Um, and, and these are people who have a lot of influence on business uh, in, in many different ways. So how difficult do you think that's making that for, for corporates that are trying to kind of navigate this new environment? Well, look, I don't, I don't think it's very difficult at all. Again, I, I think if a corporation or a brand sticks to its core values, and those core values are already associated with uh, their key stakeholders, mm. so with their consumers, with their employees, maybe with their suppliers and their investors, you stick to your values and you have a strong value system, it's much easier to navigate the issues. And again, avoid the individual, avoid the politics of personality, and focus on the politics of policy. Mm. Um, now, the, the one thing that I think is notable here is that uh, I believe certainly from employees, and I can even talk to, to my own company, there's an expectation of employees now that their companies stand for something. And if they see something that is not right or perceived to be not right, mm. um, they are going to pressure the company for some kind of statement. Mm -hmm. Now, my company and our CEO, uh, Melissa, got out in front of this um, travel ban early and you know, mm. stated that we believe in diversity and we believe in inclusion. And we saw a, a number of other companies, uh, both large and small, do the same thing. Mm. So I think it's, it's, it's more, um, there's a greater expectation of business today, again, to speak to its values and its core beliefs. It, it goes beyond, as, as I wrote a little bit earlier this week, goes beyond what the company does and gets into um, how the company does it and indeed why the company does it. Mm. But if you put it that way, then shouldn't really every company, I mean, in a way, come out against the travel ban? Um, every is a, is a big word, and I certainly <laughs> wouldn't want to advise, quote, every um, company. But I think that there is an expectation that, um, that business will stand up to on issues like this. Mm. Yeah, I think there probably is. Um, the other thing uh, that struck me this week, as you mentioned, um, was the importance of, as you put it, you know, employees are expecting their companies to stand for something. Um, do you feel that businesses, by and large, are prepared um, for that expectation? Look, I, I think that businesses um, have managed that expectation constantly in terms of trying to meet and exceed the expectations of their consumers. Mm. And, uh, and for most, most companies, the same applies to their employees. So I, I think they are prepared, and maybe they've done it historically under the radar. Um, but I do believe that these are kind of unprecedented political times. And again, I think consumers and employees and investors are now looking at business to provide them stability when government in my country and, and in a number of other countries um, aren't providing the, the historic stability that um, has been expected of them. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, this is going to put you on the spot a little bit, but that's never seemed to bother you in the past. Um, what do you make of, for example, Intel uh, with, with its big high-profile 
uh, announcement that it's going to make new chips in Arizona. Um, I think it was yesterday or the day before. I mean, some people have said that they're just sort of engaging um, in, a, in a kind of politically expedient maneuver that, that doesn't necessarily reflect what the company should be standing for. Well, look, I'm, I'm not going to second guess um, any company's strategy. I mean, there may be very good supply chain reasons um, for that, um, as well as there may well be very good political reasons for that that play into a longer-term business strategy. And, and I, I don't want to guess on that. Mm. Uh, what I will state is that I think in these times, stakeholders are going to be looking at business with a much more judgmental eye mm -hmm. and looking at how they behave and why they behave, again, because um, there is such unpredictability in government mm -hmm. that we're looking for stability from business and we're looking for, you know, some responsibility from business as well in, in ways that I don't think you and I have seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that should that I mean, to me, at least that sounds like it could be something of a challenge. Well, look, I love what Howard Schultz has been doing at Starbucks, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I love what he's been doing. You know, he shines a light on good news in communities through um, the series that they started on social media a little bit, uh, I think, late last year called Bystanders, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he, he, to me, is really notable for the actions he's taken and, and that the brand's taken. And I, I think we can expect to see more of that. I think Paul Pullman... A European CEO of a global European company at Unilever has, you know, at least for the last five years, um, been doing much the same kind of thing and showing responsibility and belief in sustainability through its brand proposition and its corporate behavior. And I think consumers now have come to expect corporations to behave in ways that um, are responsible and that are long term sustainable for communities and, and indeed the world. And I think that we're going to be looking to companies now to provide short-term stability in unpredictable and unstable times, which I think creates opportunities for brands as long as they're not self-serving in how they're acting and responding. Mm. What does I mean, this? To, Sorry, you know, go on. I think there has to be, you know, again, an intrinsic purpose to why you do business. And I think you have to live up to that intrinsic purpose. And increasingly, I think we're going to have to start talking about the intrinsic purpose of business beyond profit. And, and there's a great book that second edition has just come out, it's come out in paper book called Conscious Capitalism, where the founder of Whole Foods mm -hmm. you know, um, talked about why Whole Foods was founded and upon, upon what premise and how they tried to operate that company in its early days and the purpose that went beyond profit. Mm -hmm. And I, th I think that uh, we're going to see a, a big run on that book and others. I saw the CEO of PepsiCo and the chief innovation officer at PepsiCo do an interview, I believe, in the Harvard Business Review, if I'm not mistaken. I saw it reprinted on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. should be should be easy to find. Talking about brand purpose and talking about corporate responsibility and how that's being driven through businesses in a way that helps sustain long-term profits in ways that help contribute back to local communities because A, it's good for business, but B, it's also becoming employee and consumer expectation of the company and its individual brands. Mm. And in some ways, this moves beyond companies behaving as responsible citizens. I mean, I think we're almost seeing the rise of activist companies, activist CEOs. 
I mean, do you think that's a fair characterization? Activist to me is a is a bit of a um, a frightening word because it, it can have different value judgments placed upon it. But I certainly think that we um, are we've seen brands back to the body shop if we want to go to an earlier one that were certainly mm-hmm. activist, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're seeing now um, the popularization or the mainstreaming of let's say sustainable business behaviors, uh, the mainstreaming of brand purpose. Um, I think that's probably a little bit better way to put it. Mm. And I also think we're seeing CEOs take leadership positions because they have global brands, they have ubiquity of recognition, and that starts to come with some expectation for how they're going to behave. Mm. And surely all of this, all of these developments as... Uh, disconcerting as they are, um, I mean, they bring opportunity to smart public relations firms. Well, I don't necessarily know if it's opportunity. I think that that public relations practitioners broadly, uh, whether they're um, on the client side or in agencies or NGOs, have responsibility to interpret the expectations of external stakeholders and ensure the brand and the organization is living up to it. Mm. Um, from an agency point of view, you know, our agency in particular certainly believes that we need to start to have a purpose lens going through all of our work, whether that is a strategy or a tactic or simply an awareness, a purpose awareness, purpose-driven awareness going through the work that we have that responsibility to our clients. Mm. So what do you say to a company that comes to you and says, well, our purpose is just to maximize profit for our shareholders on a quarterly basis? I'd say welcome to the 19th century. (laughs) I mean, seriously, those those days are gone. Um, I mean, you know as well as I do, we've got the UN development goals um, or the millennial goals. We've got um, really a crisis on our planet in terms of resources and public health and education. And if business wants to have sustainable markets on a global level, they have to be looking after the communities and addressing the real needs of these places that governments don't have the resources in many cases to do. And NGOs don't have the capacity in many cases to do. Mm. I mean, it's just, it's good business. Yeah. And I think, as you said, Paul Pullman is, is one of the people who's been very vocal about that kind of an approach. Well, Paul Pullman said that he didn't want, if investors were expecting quarterly profit reports for him, they should invest in other companies. Mm. I mean, he was, he was an early mover and kind of going to rejecting quarterly reporting. You mentioned um, in your blog post that you, I don't know exactly how you put it, but there was a reference to finding boycotts tedious. Um, what is it exactly about them that you think is tedious in this environment? Is it just the fact that there are so many kind of hashtag boycotts yes. out there? Yes, it, it, it's it's the, the knee-jerk hashtag, in quotes, boycott. Mm. Um, from, from all sides and from all stripes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think boycott isn't something that we should do half-heartedly. And if there's enough grassroots pushback for something or against something... 
um, that a boycott can be an effective tactic, in particular in today's kind of social media world and, and mobile web world. Uh, but but my notion of tedious there is it seems like I see new boycotts every day that are either reversed or turned around within 24 or 48 hours. So, again, I think it's just early day reactionary behavior driven by access to social media and ubiquity of the mobile web. And I think that will um, settle down. Mm. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, sometimes I was thinking of the, the, the Uber CEO who was who was sitting on. President Trump's counsel, and then, of course, there were lots of calls to delete Uber. I think a lot of people did delete Uber, uh, and it forced him, you know, eventually to, to, to step down. You mentioned the, the Under Armour CEO. Um, do, you, do you suspect or do you know if there's perhaps a level of, of alarm within companies at, at the fact that they are, uh, there's a very vocal um, community of people out there uh, and it's putting them on the back foot to an extent well i don't i don't know if they're nervous i would certainly say there's a heightened um, awareness of the need to tap into sentiment in as close to real time as possible and that's not to react but it's to understand where it's going whether it's from your employee base or your customer base mm. Um, you know, I would almost say there's a, um, an investor data like need to understand consumer sentiment and employee sentiment today, at least for the immediate term while we're getting through, um, the early days of America having its first King since, um, since the revolutionary war. (laughs) Since the mad King George, (laughs) (laughs) nothing in common there. Um, Okay, excellent. Well, interesting times we're living in. Uh, they are. And I mean, I think it's fascinating to see how companies are reacting and responding. Uh, you know, I never thought I'd see the day when, when so many companies would, would oppose um, a government policy in such a high profile way. Well, you know, the interesting thing is, I'm not sure it's a government policy, it's an executive order. And I I think, you know, you have a new administration coming in that's testing the boundaries of executive order. Mm. Um, And so I think you're going to see pushback. Um, You know, as long as the First Amendment um, stays around, and who knows, uh, but as long as the First Amendment stays around, I think you're going to hear a, a lot of vocal pushback on executive orders that push the boundaries um, that are expected. And indeed, you know, we're going to see a challenge, a lot of these things in court. We'll see the travel ban in the Supreme Court, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Indeed. OK. And we'll check in again with you later on to get your views on, on how things are developing. Alan, thank you very much for your time. My pleasure. We'll see you at Chicago next week. Yes, indeed. The Holmes Report Into Innovation Summit taking place in Chicago on 16th February. It promises to be very interesting given all the things we've talked about today. Take care, my friend. You've been listening to The Echo Chamber. Brought to you by The Holmes Report and produced by Marketeers. 